0: hip hop hip hop shit yeah. hip hop hit bars hop. is back hip hop 힘�ễn hip hop oh god hip hop. what's hip, up hip ridge I done watched them niggas do interview after interview They not culture vultures The culture something they been into So if you never gave them a view I recommend you do Cause when they question guests They message is not subliminal It don't matter if you a rookie or at your pinnacle They gon' touch on stuff that you did And what you finna do It's uncensored too Yo, they never had a goofy show But I saw some boys on they show Acting goofy though Well, if you think they l though. You would get exposed like the hoes on OnlyFans letting Coochie show. To introduce the show when I sent this to Sam, ask, oh God, that nigga said, oh God, you the man, Cass. I spit white like a clan mask, and I'm a hustler. I could stand out on the beach and sell sandbags. Some things can last, but this ain't just a podcast. This is Sam Ant and Oh God Cass. Hip hop uncensored is the vibe, so subscribe. Hip hop uncensored is the vibe, so subscribe. Oh God, driving Sam and riding passenger side, and you heard it out the mouth of the greatest rapper alive. Hip hop uncensored is the vibe, so subscribe. Hip hop uncensored is the vibe, so subscribe. Oh God, driving Sam and riding passenger side, and you heard it out the mouth of the greatest rapper alive. Go gang.
1: Welcome to another episode of the Hip Hop Uncensored Podcast. I'm your brother, Old Guy, from Hip Hop News, Uncensored. And sitting across from me is my co-host. What up, what up, y'all? It's your man, Sam and Viral Hip Hop News. Like my
2: cousin said, man, you're in the building for another edition of the Hip Hop Uncensored yeah. Podcast. We got some special guests in the motherfucking building. Let's get it. Our man, Jermaine Hopkins, and legend, the producer of the film, Asbury Park, is in the building. How y'all doing today, fellas?
3: Feeling good, Feeling good, man.
4: good. Favorite, man. How y'all doing
1: out there beautiful brothers we appreciate y'all coming through look forward to having a great conversation man
2: indeed indeed from Jersey South Jersey's own man we are from Jersey so very happy to have yes, sir. a Jersey brother in the building y'all got Asbury Park out man as soon as I heard Asbury Park I immediately thought about Jersey even though you were telling me a uh, legend in the pre-production that's not necessarily centered around jersey in particular but the inner city but i'm not going to talk too much won't y'all give the people a little bit of the insight on the creation of asbury park film during the pandemic and um a little bit of what's what it's about
3: um in, in short asbury park is is the story of the inner city a lot of times um you know like the media typically portrays people from the inner city one way and when you're from that environment you're looking at it like no that ain't right like I grew up with a bunch of people who you know who wound up selling drugs, but they didn't sell drugs because they had nothing better to do. You know they ran the life situations that caused them to do what they needed to do in order to survive. You know so that's what the movie Asbury Park is about. It's about survival. It's about choices. Um, because like, like I said, people are often you know who who aren't from that world, they're often quick to say, well, you could have did this or you could have did that. But you know, so that in a, in a sense, this movie is basically. Um, give outsiders the opportunity to walk them out through our shoes.
2: How were you able to film this during a pandemic? A a lot of Hollywood and a lot of film agencies got shut down during a pandemic. You guys shot a movie. So how how was that?
3: Man, that's that's the beauty of being independent. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, um, You know, like, again, when when you talk about inner city, you talk about inner city grind, inner city hustle. And, you know, um, we were fortunate that, you know, we had a lot of people who uh, were like-minded and we're like, you know, hey, let's go ahead and get this done. You know, everybody took the necessary precautions, you know, on set. Everybody, you know, made sure, you know, we were safe and, and did the things that were necessary in order to keep everybody safe. So we literally shot this movie throughout the pandemic and we had not one case of the, uh, of COVID for our entire cast, crew, anything. So, you know, but, but it's that grind though.
1: Did you guys do like a bubble situation where you kind of like isolated yourself, in different hotels or everybody just kind of had to do their thing and be responsible outside of coming back and forth to the set every day?
3: No, uh, it wasn't a bubble situation, but it was just being responsible adults. You know what I mean? Right. You know what? It, right. You know what it is that you got to do. You know, wear your mask, you know, make sure you you, you know, sanitize and you wash. And you're not out here just walling out. You know what I mean? Like you're just acting like you had some sense.
2: Absolutely. Now, who should we expect to see in this movie? I know Jermaine Hopkins is in the movie. And we heard some other names. I don't know if you can drop some names for us right now. But who should we expect in the movie?
3: Hey, you know what? Before I even go into the name dropping, Jermaine killed it. Okay. Jermaine killed it. I was expect. Look, look. I was expecting him to walk through the door. You know, do something cool. Jermaine killed it. So, anybody who who looking hey, for stuff. My man killed it, so um,
4: you know that, that
3: jersey
4: keep me hungry, bro. You know, yeah. I think I think from 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 my years of experience and being out there, I think uh, a lot of people be expecting, you know, you know, just like you know, uh, he, he he did his thing, but I'm hungry. I'm I, I, I treat I treat every role like it's my first role that's gonna break my career. I don't treat it like I did a hundred of them. I, I don't, I don't do it like that. So you're going to get a 100% of my performance out of whatever production I'm in, whether it's a big, but a Batman movie or a New York movie. I don't care which one it is. I, I don't know how to, how to, how to, how to subtract from that. You know what I mean? I, I only know how to just give it, give it all to you and shit, man. And, uh and Ken allowed allow me to do that. And not only that, the crew, that was put together on this project during this pandemic was uh, was epic. Uh, everybody, uh, when I say professional, uh, you may not have known who these people were from behind the scenes or whatever, but after working with them, you're like, man, I just say know them. They got to be you know, X, Y, and Z in the business because how they handled their business and how professional everybody was. We wasn't dragging feet with stuff. And like Ken, Ken said, as far as, you know, during the pandemic, man, like everybody was adults, you know, and uh, I was I was proud to see, and maybe it's because I'm getting a little older, but I'm proud to see a lot of young faces behind the scenes on the set of Asbury
3: Park.
1: So- that's what's up, so How's the distribution set up? Were you guys going to uh, distribute the movie? Um, how's that set up?
3: Well, you know what? Just like with most people, like, you know, everybody's trying to figure this whole thing out. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Um, you know, initially, if you would have asked me, you know, a year ago, I would have said, you know, we're looking to go straight to theaters. But right now, you know, you got major studios that's talking about releasing online. You know what I mean? You got Wonder Woman getting get ready to be released on Amazon Prime. So, Mm-hmm. Um, right now, you know, just researching, trying to figure out exactly the best situation to suit us, um, you know, within this landscape. But you know, we we'll, we'll, look, look. haven't figured it out yet, but we know what's coming. Now, what well, you I 2
4: be, if it,
0: was, if it was up to
4: me ready? If it if it was up to me, you know, I would I would um uh, you know, which in next out of my pay grade. But
0: <laughs> if yeah. it, hey, I'm
4: all,
3: I'm I'm always learning. I'm always learning.
4: If it was up to me, I would I would definitely uh. Uh, 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 released a movie and years ago I would have never probably said this but definitely online because I don't want to put any of my fans or any of anybody, Fredro or any of the other cats, uh, Glenn Palmer any of the other cats that's in the movie their fan base in danger to come see us and another thing about it we're not actors that you see all the time. So when we're in something and the in the trailer is dope as trailer of Asbury Park, the dope as the movie is, people are gonna come out. They're gonna come and wanna see what, you know, guys that they know, actors and actresses that they know and been seeing over the years, so we doing something else, they're gonna wanna come out and see it. So I think if we, you know, stuck to you know, relationship where where it's at home online where you know we don't have the excuse of well yeah well it's a you know a certain crowd capacity or whatever to hold the film back because it's not just a film that we want people to see you know uh trying to you know pretty much make a, a a certain financial gain but this 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 is a film that 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 we want our fan base and i know i want our fan base to see because it's right on message and this something even with my last film that I did equal standards, which released the same way, and a lot of people got to watch the movie right from home, and it released during the pandemic in the whole nine yards. So this'll be one of those movies that I would say is a you know is a must see. You're gonna get entertained, you're gonna get some knowledge, and you're gonna see some of the talent that you haven't seen, you know, saying in a while. A uh, 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 really you know showing that you know they still got their chops. So you know, like I said, if it was if it was my call. Which it's not, but if it was, you know, I would say, man, don't worry about the movie theaters right now because the movie they trying to figure out what they're going to do.
3: Look, he know I'm listening to him. You <laughs> know I'm listening. Look, I don't want no problems with Jermaine. Look I, actually, look, I accidentally got his food late one day and I heard about it, so I don't want no more smoke yeah. with Jermaine. How do you brothers yeah. link up? You said how we link up? Oh. Yeah, how don't link up. I don't I don't know. I don't even remember that one. How
4: did, how did we link up? Ken Goddamn. You know what? You, you know what? Did
3: Jermaine you hit me look. On,
4: on online or uh, on Instagram or
3: something. Hey, look, I don't I don't remember what Jermaine, the cousin that you didn't know that you had, but you got him and you like, I'm glad the motherfucker here. Um <laughs> <Right>. gotcha.
2: <laughs> we don't cover for other people. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Talk, talk about some of the obstacles you guys had um and how you overcame those obstacles um with the film, if you had any.
3: Okay. Um well well definitely well, I'm sorry, going back to your earlier question uh about who else is in the film. I'm sorry, let me backtrack just a little bit. You um in addition to Jermaine, Fredro Starr, you got uh you got Peter Guns representing Jersey. Dude, Peter okay. Guns Yeah uh, you, you got uh you got Snoop uh Felicia Pearson, Okay. Um why? Yep. Yep, yep. Uh we got Glenn Plummer. Jamal Woolard Um and we got a, we got a lot of up and coming up and coming talent, man. You know, some of these Detroit kids, man, are are freaking phenomenal, man. Um two of the, you know, some of the kids in particular, um Darnell Smiley. Um 15-year-old kid, up and coming comedian. He he will be a household. You know how people saw uh, Jermaine and and Lean on me was like, yo, that kid got something. Mm-hmm. This kid, Dar- Darnell Smiley, same way. Um, Torrell Wyndham Jr. You know, these are names that again, people are gonna see in Asbury Park in years from now. Like, yo, that's that guy. You know what I mean? Rodriana Jordan, uh, Louis Ross the Fourth. You know, like these are some of the local kids who, again remember these names and y'all getting the exclusive
4: mm-hmm.
3: because years from now, people are going to talk about them and be like, yo, that's my man. That's right. Th- these kids are that talented. Um, but like I said, we were blessed just to have, you know, all these people willing to come on board the project. um And like, just like some of the biggest obstacles just dealing with, with COVID was hell COVID itself.
2: Mm-hmm. You yeah. know,
3: you may have a location and then turn around, you know, 24 hours later, like, yo, somebody caught COVID. So that location is gone. Or, you know, we had situations where, you know, we scheduled a film tomorrow and they're like, hey, you know, my boyfriend or girlfriend caught COVID. Hmm. Like, wait a minute, you had a speaking role. So now we got to modify, modify the script, reallocate some thing within 24 hours. So it just causes us to have to be on the fly. But again, it goes back to that urban mentality mm-hmm. of, of of survival where you say, hey, you know what? I got to pivot, you know, so. That's what we did. We did a lot of pivoting, and, and we got it done. I honestly didn't even realize what we did until after we finished it. Wow. Because huh. we were so busy making adjustments on the fly.
2: Right, right. So, Jermaine, are you are you there with his brother?
4: Yeah,
3: I'm here.
4: I'm here.
2: Oh, okay, cool. The, the screen went out a little bit. So, from Newark, man, from Newark, New Jersey, man, salute to Jersey all day long. Yes, sir. I don't know if you've watched recently, but we've had um obviously some violence in hip-hop. My cousin was showing me a couple of days ago, a rapper out there, was going into his car and they had to drop on him and they they peeled him up real real terrible. Triple um, beams was his name. Yeah. Oh, okay. Triple beams and yeah, yeah it, it was it was disgusting. What we saw, man, it was crazy. But to talk about Newark, the way it was then, and just how we're seeing it now, and how it kind of correlates to what Asbury Park is going to show, and just the inner cities out here throughout the country. Uh,
4: well, to be honest with you, as far as Newark now, uh. I've been out of Newark now for going over ten years, uh, and I'm back and forth in the city. You know, when I have to go up to take care of stuff and everything. So, you know, uh, from I can only I can only compare it to from the stories that I've heard and friends and family that are still there. That you know, you know, pretty much tell me about what's going on and how it compares to this movie right now is not just for Newark, you know, uh, let me say that. Uh, and that's why in the movie, you will notice the side of the police cars where where normally the city that that police, uh, is from, uh, would be on the bottom of the police car, but on these police cars, it say inner city. Uh, what we didn't want to do is we, we didn't want to label this movie as being from one, one place. You know, uh, one city. Uh, the producer of the movie is they, which and I didn't know. Asbury Park is Hasbury Park in Detroit as well. Okay, you know, but but the situations that's going on that you know, uh, uh, the script shines light to in this project, it's situations that's going on in north Detroit, Philadelphia, every inner city around around the world, and even abroad. You know, if you if you watch the world news, you see they're dealing with, you know, race police and brutality and and and, and, and everything. You know, not just the same is, is is here, and a lot of it is a lot of times they get they they get caught up in the shadows of it when they're the most effective by it. You know, uh, 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 and I'm sure you guys can can can. Bear with to the fact that I mean, it's a different generation out there right now that's on the front line. be yeah. you know on the front line, you got some cats that's you know still claiming to be on the front line, but you ain't on the front line like these youngsters is really out here on the front line. You know, and I, I never take credit, you know, uh, uh, for that. But sometimes they, they, you know, a lot of times they're overshadowed. Their voices is not heard. You know, uh, uh, uh their situations are overlooked. You know, and and this was this was a movie that did, did give you the perspective, you know, from the police or the older generation side. You know, you're 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 seeing what you know what 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 the the generation has to go through, and sometimes why they end up in situations that they end up in. And you say, damn, if I knew the whole story, damn, this boy shouldn't even or this girl shouldn't even be here or they shouldn't even be in this situation. Mm-hmm. You know, but just the way it looked from the action. See, we don't see what leads up to a situation. We only see the situation. You know, mm-hmm. we see somebody, oh man, they got killed, and, you know, somebody got shot, man. Oh man, that was messed up. Dah, 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 dah. Nobody wants to see that. You know, but at the end of the day, we don't know what 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 all led up to that. And it's, he done got locked in, and this nigga, done locked, this nigga done got locked up again. You don't know what led up to that. And it's a scene in the movie that, that kind of shines light to that. You know what I'm saying? And, and some of these young 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 people out here are going through more shit than a lot of us adults are going through or ever been through. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Sometimes kind the of responsibility that's put on their back. You see what I'm saying? It's, it's just overbearing just for you to hear or witness it. Imagine what they have to go through. You know what I'm okay. saying? So we right.
1: so, so gave them a voice. Now you talked about um that, you know, you've been out of Newark for the last 10 years. Um, Hip hop artists, actors, do you think it's beneficial, you know, for them to get out of those environments? You know, just because of what it can cause. We see a lot of rappers and stuff that are killed in their hometown or robbed and attacked. Do you think it's beneficial to move out and work? Not not saying abandon it, but just move out and do your, you know, your uh, deeds from outside. That's
4: yes, because, you know, once, once, once the city raises you, then it's, it's it's pretty much about you going out and, you know, exploring, you know, uh, 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 other geographical areas, you know, that this big world is made of Sometimes. We get so consumed, you know, just from what we deal with and go through, that's right in our neighborhood. Uh We get so consumed with what's going on in our neighborhood that, man, there's some shit going on across town that we don't know shit about. (laughs) Because we so consumed. So imagine... Imagine that just with the geographical area, with the city, or uh, you know, all you know is Jersey. Uh, all you know is is, is 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 New York. That's all you're gonna know. So yeah, I would advise you to get out, especially if you got any kind of talent, anything that you striving for, or whether what I did was I took the Dayton Street projects, the Seven projects, the Fourth Street and Dickerson, You know what I'm saying? The Bernie Edmundsons, all of that shit up and went and I packed it in the bag and I hit the road and I said, well, hell, you know what? I'm going to take what I got and I'm going to vibe with it. You know, and, and, and that's, that, that's pretty much basically what happened. You know, uh, uh, if you can make it in Newark, you can make it anywhere. And I feel like if you, if you make it in any ghetto in the United States of America, you can make it anywhere. So the thing is about getting out, I would never tell, uh uh, uh 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 you not to try to get out the bucket, you know. what I mean, I would never tell you to try to, you know, uh uh, ask and, uh should you leave uh uh and explore other options is damn near asking should you leave the uh homeless shelter and shouldn't and try to try to uh, uh get your own shit going. Hell yeah, you yeah. know, uh, jump out, jump out there, whatever. It's just this is a big world, and and, and me my talents, my, my know-how, my hustle ability, my connections, my plugs, all of that shit come from traveling. You know, this shit ain't happening in one spot. You know, I met people in other time zones. You know what I'm saying? They dealing with a different time on the clock on the wall. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, <laughs> and, and, and that's what built it. So anytime you can get out of, you know, uh, your comfort zone of what you know, and you're, you're trying to grow, yeah definitely do that. you know, shit. There's too many weeds in the goddamn power
2: box. get out there in the goddamn field, yeah, well, said, I want to talk about black media a little bit. um, I don't know how um I don't know how connected you guys are to um YouTube and people who do interviews and things like that, but there's been a little bit of a renaissance the last couple of months with um black entertainers um and black media, and we've they've been really promoting the fact to go to black outlets because. Of culture vultures Let's just call it for what it is A lot of culture vulturing and shit going on um, How do y'all feel about that? the promotion of black media um, And the culture vulture movement If y'all guys um, are aware of that
3: I mean honestly I think it's always best when you talk about situations where we tell our own stories You know even in terms of Asbury Park You know you may have somebody From the outside come in and tell the story They telling the stuff that you see on the You know at, at on the 10 o'clock news Mm-hmm. That's not like, like Jermaine said, that's not the real story. You don't understand everything that goes into it. You don't understand that environment. You don't understand that world, you know? Um, so us as blacks having our own media outlets is crucial in order, in order to get the story right. You know what I mean? Because we actually understand those environments and we're not looking to just shape it to tell a story. We're actually looking to utilize our voice to tell our story. Sure.
4: And a lot of times, man, our story can be a lot more inspirational to others that haven't lived it than what we may think or what we may feel. Uh, throughout my career, I've, I've, I've got my drive from inspiring the uninspired. You know, a cat that would, you know, come to you, uh, a younger person come to you and say, even an older person. Man, I would have never done this if it wasn't for you, or for me hearing you in this interview, or me and you in this movie, or this that other. You know what I'm saying? And that's been what been keeping me going all this, all this time. My whole thing, like being famous, like I'm probably one of the few actors that got into Hollywood the way I did, and wasn't like I'm not chasing the fame. I never was chasing fame. You know, I'm from Newark, New Jersey, man, and uh. Shit, I was the shit in Newark, so I'm I'm the shit anywhere. You know what I'm saying? If you could be the shit there with all the hating and shit like that, that going, <laughs> you know. Yeah. So, so as a kid, when I got the rolling on me, I was already that kid on lock. I was already that well-known kid in the projects. You see, what I'm saying. Be, right. So, fame from the movie just was just went along with. I was already famous. It's in my family. I was. I was the baby, so shit, Jermaine come around, i get all the attention anyway. So it was something that it didn't go to my head once the movie shit came out. I really went to school and never even told nobody the movie was coming out until uh, I was going to Day Street at the time. And uh, 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 one of the kids came in school and in the classroom was like, we seen Jay on the side of a school bus. And everybody was like, yeah, I seen it too. He was on the billboard over here. That was him. I knew it was him. You know, wow. from the lean on shit. And now they found out because, you know, back then with technology, you shoot a movie, it take about a year or so for that shit to come out. Uh-huh. You know, so I'm back on the school living a real life like shit. And shit come out and come out. Ooh, I wasn't running around telling people I'm in the movie. Like, who the fuck finna believe that? You know, the I mean? yeah. project? To you in the movie? Yeah, fucking right. So hey, yeah. I man, speak for that. I'm, I'm gonna keep making your ass laugh and fucking with your girls over there on the side.
0: You know, I'm, I'm gonna do all of that.
4: You know, so you know, uh, 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 it, it, it just, it just was always something that never really went to my head. So I can appreciate when somebody come up to me. They say, hey, ain't you the such and such? Because I get friends all the time. Be like, bro, don't you get tired of that shit? Like, nah, not really, man. You know what I'm saying? that sometimes I don't be in the mood for it, but I'd rather mm-hmm. them be doing that than motherfuckers. Like, man, that whack-ass nigga, man, that shit you did was bullshit. You know, I got motherfuckers coming at me, calling me a legend. Like, fuck it. You think I ain't going to accept that? Yes. You're a legend.
1: <laughs> You're a legend. Hey, hey, Jermaine, what, um, how'd you get into acting, though, man, coming out of North New Jersey? I'm interested to know, like, how'd you, you know, find your way into the big screen?
4: The Star Legend newspaper. Mm -hmm.
1: Uh,
4: At the the time that uh, Lean On Me uh, thing was going on, Joe Clark was, you know, making a name for himself in passing with the school, and it had been in the news, been in the news, and it made so much fuss in the news that the writer from the movie Colors decided to write you know, lean on me about Patterson Eastside High School. So they had an open call audition. They decided they wanted to do this, and they wanted real street kids that never been in any movies, never been to acting school, just rock talent. Well, I'm oh, a oh, oh. so... And uh, it was like 2,000 kids out there and shit, auditioning for this shit over there in New York. I'm like, man... <laughs> And no way. We finna stand in this line. And at the time I was calling it a play, cause you know we audition in the theater. So, you know, my little young dumbass thinking I know something. Man, it's for a play, man, they ain't doing don't do movies in these kind of buildings.
0: It's a stage. This is
4: where they have plays at, right? Not knowing, they just this is just the spot they rented to do their auditions or whatever. And to be having an audition at a spot that we went to was, now I know, was big. Like, that was like major. That theater that they used to do auditions, man, I been in offices and or Shit, we auditioned for Jews in the office. Mm. But uh yeah, it was an open call audition and looking for real street kids and uh shit. somebody came up to me while I was in line after my mother told me to stay my fat ass in line, uh and asked me what would I do if uh Joe Clark came up to me and shit and I was supposed to be in class. I told him the same shit that was on the script. I never seen the script, but shit, y'all wrote the same shit that the average clown would say in cool, you know what I'm saying, I'm going to the bathroom, What the first thing you gonna say, you know, I was on my way to the bathroom, Shit, all. you know what I mean, it's, it's my lunch period, it, you know what I mean, so, uh, that's basically how I got started, man, just, you know, open call, audition, man, and that's why I always say, man, I'm blessed, man, because it, it was over 2,000 kids out there auditioning for a part that I really wasn't supposed to get, I was a little... Fat kid auditioning for a crackhead role, you know what I'm saying? I mean? So, yeah. so I don't know if y'all remember the uh, group Steph and Sonic. I was, uh, I was, I was, I uh, was auditioning against Daddy O's little brother, and it's two of them. They twins and shit, but they was there was a little more thin or whatever. But what got me the job and shit, Norman Twain and them. After it was all over, Morgan Freeman, you know, I cried the best and shit. And my cry was. It was way more believable. They said, shit, when you left out the audition, we all was wiping our eyes and shit. We were cool in the scene. And that's how I got the role. So uh, John Haveston, which was the director of The Karate Kid, uh, was uh, the director leaning on me. And uh, he was was the one that, you know, uh, started my talent.
2: Dope, I'm sitting here looking through your your movies, and I'm like, I obviously watched all of them. I'm looking at How to Be a Player, man. That was one of my shits in 97 when that came out. You think you think a how to be the player can be and, and last in twenty twenty as sensitive as we are right now? Hmm, that's a good
4: one. That 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 that's a that's a good one because we are, you know, it, it's funny how sensitive we done gotten and how raw shit is really is out here. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? You, you you figure the shit that's in in a lot of these youngsters face, you know. I'm 47. When I was coming up, certain shit was kept from us, certain shit we didn't do in front of adults, whether they was our parents or not. If you was underage and wasn't supposed to be smoking cigarettes, you wasn't standing at the bus stop, walking in, standing in front of the corner store, smoking cigarettes, taking a right. chance on one of your mother's girlfriends. Oh, you, try to <laughs> <add>. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So, 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 but nowadays it's a different ballgame. You know what i'm saying it's it's a totally different ball game, so you know uh
0: a movie like how
4: to How to be fair you know we'll get some black i, I feel like if it was released today, we'd kind of get some backlash because you know everything has its time you know and and that was the time uh, uh for that then right now, where we at as a people it ain't no it, it it's shit it would probably get backlash from people like myself. You know what I'm saying? Because I feel like that ain't the shit we need to be seeing right now. The shit we need to be seeing need to be shining light on the shit that we're going through right now. And enough is enough. You see what I'm saying? We can always get back to the entertaining entertainment. We can entertain ourselves whenever we want to. But let's get back to the shit that's, that's going on, that we're going through as a people right now, that's been ignored for so many goddamn years. And still trying to be ignored today, with people were having video footage and and and, and, and 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 a camera footage of this shit, of these activities and behaviors that's still just going like you know, you know, just uh, uh, well they didn't mean it, or oh, it's not you know it's all bullshit. So yeah, I have some backlash with a movie like How to Be a Player right now, but yeah. You know, sensitive as we are right now, it's fucked up how sensitive we is to some shit like that. But we ain't sensitive to, you know what I'm saying, when an unarmed man getting killed in the goddamn street from a, from an untrained officer. Yeah. Just Good as point. well on the flip side. Just as well on the flip side. And, and a lot of y'all that's watching this shit, y'all gonna have a problem with me and I don't give a fuck. On some real shit. We need to be the same goddamn way sensitive as when one of these white motherfucking cops kill us as when one of these black motherfuckers kill another black motherfucker. We need to be just as sensitive then. Because when you check the statistics, it's probably more of us killing us than it's them killing us. Nice. So when we're going to stand up and march and get out there, let's get out there for all the shit. Not just when it's that. Oh, yeah, it's that. You know what I'm saying? And we definitely, you know, the same as a people when it comes to that. But let's stand up as a people and say all of our Black lives matter, no matter who putting them in jeopardy.
1: Facts. How do you feel about the uh, the whole defund the police movement? Um, Obama came out um a couple of days ago and pretty much said you lose people with snappy slogans like defund the police. How do you feel about that? Uh, yeah, the defund the police. Uh,
4: me personally. I don't feel like that's the answer because you'll get more, more bad repercussions from defunding the police than you will get from retraining the police. You see what, what I'm like. saying? If we, if, we, if we take and say, OK, well, let's change and let's investigate this whole training process right. that these police go to. Let's make sure now they're trained for 2020 streets. And they're not being still trained for 1979 streets, 1964 streets. You see what I'm saying? You got, you got, you got people that's calling the police for help because you got somebody out here with mental mental challenge and end up dying because the police ain't trained.
3: So it yeah, ain't
4: about the the police.
3: Yeah, because you have a lot of those situations where it's like honestly, you have shit that could easily be a conversation turns into a motherfucker dying. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Police walk up, you chill. Hey, 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 get the fuck on. Hey, look, you like I right, look? All right, I'm about to pack up my shit and get the fuck out. You know what I mean? But instead, it turns into a dick swinging contest, and, and then somebody trying to flex, and now it turned into you know somebody wind up dead. You know, now I get you know there are situations where people are hostile and it goes to an extreme. But when you look at the shit that's happening right now, man, how many how many of these could have easily been? A conversation, or sit your ass down tonight in jail. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Come on, man. it,
4: it, yeah, it go both it, it, it go both ways too, uh, because you know it's been times I done, I done seen cats kind of you know mouthing off a little too much. You know, mm-hmm. you 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 playing aggressive in the situation that you want to win in. So the but same that's a, way, sit I'm your not, ass down. <laughs> right, same way I'm yelling retrain the police at the end of the day the community needs to also be trained on how to deal with the police how not to deal with the police you know how to have a decent conversation to get some progress with the police you see what i'm saying you can't come at the police combative and then turn around and think they just gonna be like okay well no no no." you know what i'm saying they're trying to go home too so it goes both ways But it needs to start with the people that's being paid, the officers that's being paid taxpayer dollars to be out here de escalating situations. We're paying them to come and be a de escalation, not an escalation. You see what I'm saying? They come to de escalate the situation, but they're not trained properly in order to do that. So defunding the cops, because then, you know, now, now your grandmother getting the house broken into, but they ain't got a cop on duty and time enough to go over there and do that because they over here chasing this one and that one because they got major shootouts and burglaries and shit going on over here and looting and shit because they know it ain't that many police on the force. So no, I'm not with the defund the police, and I think that whole defund the police narrative kind of like got a little out of, out of, out of, out of proportion. Mm -hmm. from from, from where it was at. You know, and and you know when your back is against the wall, sometimes when you cry out, you might cry out, you know, some of the first thing that come to your mind, fuck it. We need to defund these motherfuckers. They getting paid to kill us. Then when they kill us, they getting sent to home on a fucking paid vacation. Yeah, I would want fucking defund it too until you sit down and you think about the repercussions and that's speaking out of anger. But when we sit down and we think with some sense, like, okay, now we don't need to defund them. We need training. And if the if the training is going to cost more money, then let that show the difference in effect in the pay wages. Not to the point to where they don't have the so that they need to protect and serve. Another thing when it comes to police. You know, I know a lot of cops. I know a lot of good cops. But at the end of the day, all y'all good cops ain't good cops if y'all know the bad ones and ain't doing nothing about it. Just the same thing with the fucking Republican Party. How the fuck is y'all sitting back and ain't nobody saying shit about this shit Donald Trump is doing that ain't never been done before? Mm. Just he say the election was rigged, it's rigged. Oh, there's no way Joe Biden got 80 million fucking votes. man. Going. if i voted for you i'm i'm really right now i'm embarrassed for my vote like nigga you gonna lose like that damn mm-hmm. you know what i'm saying you're president i expect out of my 10 year old
2: you know that's a good point you brought up the election in in the last four years we've been through because um if you look at it on tv you look at it on social media it looks like um it's a it's a lot of bad going on but it's a lot of good going on within the black community i kind of want to talk about that because we've been dealing with this shit since our great great grandparents our great 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 grandparents and our generation but now this generation coming after us is very very different and with the the conversations of entrepreneurship with black owned businesses at an all-time high with you brothers legend you being a a director and, and dropping your own independent film with major stars in it, this kind of revolution, so to speak, going on. In the midst of everything crazy we see in front of us, I feel like we're in a good space for Black people. How do y'all feel about that?
3: Well, I mean, I think it's, you know, since the beginning of time, we've, we've had to learn how to navigate this despite the odds being against us. You know, and, and one thing about it, like, when you grow up in that, um, you learn how to figure shit out. You learn how to figure out an angle. You learn how to maneuver. Um, and it, and it's a great opportunity for people who are taking advantage of it. You know what I'm saying? More than anything else, the thing that I do hate to see is people just taking these opportunities and squander it,
2: yeah. you
3: know, um, in the midst of a pandemic, you saw people all over the country eating off this unemployment, eating off this government money. Like, okay, cool. So you got, you know, let's, let's just say you got $10,000 that you didn't expect to have. Did you take it and go buy some shoes and try to stun Or did you invest it in something that's going to help you and your family? You know what I mean? Right. You know, the opportunities are definitely here. Um, and it's, it's a beautiful thing to see it. You know, we're rising in every area. And, you know, uh, at the end of it all, we just constantly trying to keep pushing. You know, we know the odds are stacked against us. But we keep striving. We keep throwing. And the more that we're doing, because, like, and I'll just speak as a filmmaker. Right now, more than ever, people are looking for black content. You know, I remember looking up and seeing Netflix showing African American films everywhere. You're like, "Oh shit!" everybody's yeah. jumping on board. Yeah. You know what I mean? So is is the the time is right now? The time is right now to take advantage of these opportunities because a lot of people who were blind to a lot of the things that were happening, finally, a lot of people are actually seeing it. It's not just us. It's not just us being messed up and things like that. These things are really happening. So. And I think that was one of the good things about the film. We actually had the opportunity to have dialogue in the film about those things where you see, you know, a white person from a certain background and black people from a certain and have those honest conversations, those uncomfortable conversations, those conversations where you look at a motherfucker like, how did you not know this was happening? Yeah. You know what I mean? So I think it's a beautiful time for us.
2: Dope. Most definitely. Go
3: ahead,
4: yeah, I, I I think so too, and uh, you know I also I'm you know just like on the on the on the pol- political side, like you know Donald Trump shit ain't you know it wasn't it wasn't all the way bad for us on the, on the real side. The reason why I say that it wasn't all the way bad because this man came came out and and he woke up a side of America that we thought was over with, just like they thought the mafia was over with. You see what I'm saying? We we thought all of, you know, the cook the clans and the proud boys and we ain't never heard hurting the fucking proud boys until took <laughs> down. I know I have it. You know what
0: I'm
4: saying? I know I have it. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So 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 what it did was it showed us that the same the country that we live in, hold up. You know, this, this shit is still going on, right? When they try to make you think racism don't exist in America, Donald Trump proved that shit wrong. He bought them all <laughs> out of children. They're right here. They're right here. And they're standing by. <laughs> they're standing down and they're standing by. You know? Yeah. So, yeah, man, it's, it's it's a good time for us, man. Uh, you know, because what uh, pandemic also showed us is... Um, you know, if you got any kind of grind in you, man, you figure some shit out. And most of us do, you know, and and, and, and figure out how to survive and make it do it. You know, uh, we, we, we'll we hunker down and, and get through the worst of shit. So, yeah, man, I, I think it's a good time for us, man, especially with, you know, just, just with black entrepreneurs.
3: But you know what? Like, let me let me piggyback on that real quick. Go ahead, D.D. Um, like, when I look at this project, the reason we were able to get it done at such a high level was because of the black entrepreneurs. It was because of black people supporting this project and, and saying, "Hey, because because I promise you, ain't nobody fuck with me for the money. I promise you that. You know what I'm saying? But they saw what I was doing, and they showed love to the vision. I like,
4: did. I did all about <laughs> the
3: Benjamins, man. <laughs> <laughs> hey, it, it wasn't just for the money. But no, but no, but seriously. You know, you talk about people, you talk about people like Tally and Twine came on board as a sponsor, Black Watchmaker. You know, you talk about the Cochrane House in Detroit. Uh, you know, a bed and breakfast. You know, black-owned business. Two sisters. You wow. know, do, doing their thing. Definitely got to check it out. Like, is is it? It was it was those black businesses that came on board and said, "Hey, let's support each other." And that's the thing with everything that we have going on. We have to support each other, you know, as opposed to me saying, Oh no, they doing this, or you know, oh, no, they doing that. No, fuck with them. Let's build this whole shit together. Everybody can eat.
1: <laughs> so definitely I'm gonna um uh, we can, Jermaine, um, talk a little bit about juice a little bit and um got a few questions about that. But um, first, how you got that role uh, of juice we can go from there? Oh, uh, still I should say in juice. Uh juice, oh, uh that role.
4: That was crazy. Uh, that was a that was an audition that uh that was just after lean on me. Um, uh, I think I had I wonder was strap after lean on me was it after juice or was it before juice? But uh, anyway, you know, uh, it was it was a crazy audition. it was an audition like I ain't auditioned audition for before. Uh, anytime I I went in and I ran for a role, it was me the get directed and you know the 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 you know the di- the director and the producers and those people you know behind the scenes or whatever the production well this audition for juice they were trying to they were trying to see which out of all of the four guys jailed the best so they have us reading with each other you know on on, on in at different times so we there all day and they just mixing us around. You try this one, you read, you read, Omar. I mean, you read, uh, Q, uh, lines now and not try Bishop lines and this, and the other. So they was going back and forth. So when they got a pretty good idea on who they was trying to fuck with, they, um, they invited us all out to dinner and they said, we going to see this out of the, out of the three crews that we got, we're going to see who, you know, out of these guys who all, the four that jail the best. And the same way you see us in the movie, that's kinda like how we fell in place. You know, me being the younger one, Pac being, you know what I'm saying, the, the uh he was he wasn't the oldest, but he was the most courageous. Uh uh, uh 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 Khalil was the oldest. Uh uh more, more, most mature, you know, this, this dude was bartender you know, riding a fucking Honda Shadow. Like, this nigga was the coolest motherfucker that I I knew on the movie set, right? You know, like, he knew white girls, shit. You know what I'm saying? Like, this nigga had white girls coming to the set. So, he was like, we teenagers. This nigga, like, 26, 27 years old. You know, so, (laughs) you know, and then, then, you know, um, uh uh you had your cute, which was Omar. You know, mm-hmm. the the one that he, he's down, but yo, I ain't really trying to get in no trouble, man. I ain't I ain't trying to go over and do this and this and the other, but I'm working on this right here. You know, and that was his music shit. You know, he was he was singing the shit. And I think him and his brothers had a little singer group, you know, at the time. So, you know, we all kinda like click and then what really sealed the deal of the ride home. Well, really, we home. The cab, we was taking a cab. We left from there. Where the fuck was we going in the cab? Probably back to the production office or whatever, where we always, you know, either parked our cars or whatever the case may be. So it's me, David Heyman, which is the producer, which is the same producer of all of the Harry Potter movies. And by the way, David Heyman, shout out to David Heyman and Neil Moritz. Neil Moritz uh, was another producer uh that uh, seen talent in me uh, for this movie. And these these two guys, they went on to do incredible stuff. Neil Rich, you may know him from, I don't know if y'all ever uh, heard of the uh, Fast and Furious movies, whatever the case may be. Mm-hmm. All of that's Noah Rich. Uh, and I'm not sure if y'all heard of the, you know, Harry Potter, Lord of the Rings, that type of shit. All that's, that, that's David Heyman or whatever. Right. But uh, did, I, I, you know, I got to work with these guys, and you know, at the beginning, and take off their, their careers or whatever and stuff. And uh, once we got once we got in the cab ride, it was a debate Well why the cab drivers don't ever stop for young black motherfuckers. So, Pac and the cab driver going back and forth, I'm sitting there like, nigga, we're trying to get in the movie I'm the <laughs> cab driver right now. Fuck with his beliefs, man. Shut <laughs> the fuck up motherfucker that we got, in. <laughs> I'm like pop I'm like, listen, man. You see this, this, this white English motherfucker over here, I man. He's not used to that type of tone, man. You know. But it was, it was just the opposite. That he was definitely, if if they had any questions about any of our, our, our any of us, our roles. They definitely ain't had no question about Proc shit. Proc was in there after that. <laughs> so, 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 to put the icing on the cake, right? I get the fucking part in the movie. But I fucks around and get shot between the time that I audition yeah. and the time that films So I come back in for a fucking final read and this, that, and the other. So they asked about my leg and shit like that. So I lied and told them I had a skin graft, which, and I did that. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Because of the gunshot wound, I told them I got a skin graft from playing sports. Like, nigga, you dumb as hell. Who the fuck gets a skin graft from playing fucking football? Like, what the fuck happened to you? You know what I'm saying? <laughs> you got drunk? You know what I'm saying? So, I, I didn't realize it. They go in another room, so they call the doctor and all the other shit. Then they come out. They like Jermaine. Then this is what got me the part. Uh, uh, uh they like Jermaine because they was gonna get rid of me because I, 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 you know, I had a gunshot wound. Wow. So they was like, listen, man, do you think you're gonna be able to do this? Uh, you know, with 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 this uh, so-called skin graft? I said, what you mean, so-called skin graft? It is a skin graft. He said, look, Jermaine, cut the shit. It was it was Neil Moritz against the white boy.
0: <laughs>
4: Neil Moritz. look, Jermaine, cut the shit. We know that you got shot. It's been a skin graft, a fucking football accident, or none of the bullshit. I don't give a fuck about none of that, Jermaine. Can you do the part? Can you fucking run from the store after y'all shoot Willis? That's all I give a fuck about. I'm like Neil, I can do the shit. Run through the fucking office or something, you <laughs> know? So, uh, we went through all of that, man, and uh, you know, I basically put on look, man. Y'all, you know, y'all, 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 audition ain't saved me from my lifestyle, man, you know? I happen to be around the wrong crowds and shit like that, but maybe this motherfucking project could be the shit that really get me around the right motherfuckers, like y'all.
2: <laughs> <laughs> was that the project to get you around the right motherfuckers, that was the
1: one?
4: Shit, I
1: guess so. I don't know. Shit, i still <laughs> trying to find the right motherfuckers. <laughs> <laughs> so, how yeah, close was are... I... Go ahead, my bad, bro.
4: No, I was there. I said, yeah, that what got me in there. Though.
1: So, a lot of people, you know, will speculate about Tupac and, and that that character Bishop. How close was Tupac to actually, you know, being that the, uh, his character that he played? Bishop or was that just straight up an acting you know gig that he was taking on that character
4: I'll say this about pretty much every actor uh, there's an equalizer somewhere in Denzel Washington yes sir if you understand what I'm saying uh, there was a certain part of steel that was in Jermaine Hopkins mhm was still Jermaine Hopkins? No, but it was a certain it was a certain part of him that Jermaine was able to tap into because he was able to identify with because he was familiar with. And that way the, the, the character came across believable. You see what I'm saying? That's the yeah. same pop. Uh was was, was Tupac Bishop? No. Was Bishop attitude inside of Tupac? Yes. Was there certain situations that could bring the Bishop out of Tupac? Yes. Bishop was a character on a piece of paper. The personality of a Tupac Shakur uh, 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 in, 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 in lifestyle and upbringing and trials and tribulations through life brought Bishop to life as a character (laughs) those words on the script is just words without putting any kind of feeling behind them you see what i'm saying and when you putting them feelings behind these these words for these characters those feelings have to come from somewhere if you're not making them up and good at that or they're coming from a familiar place that you can identify with. Whether it be a familiar place within yourself, somebody that you know, something that you dealt with in the time, you were able to tap into it. But far as Tupac goes, man, Tupac was a very highly intelligent black brother. Way more than what I even gave him credit for or, or when when we was hanging out. If I if I would have known after Tupac. What I knew, what, what if I would have known that when I was with Tupac, what I learned about him afterwards, like, shit, it wouldn't have been about let's get together, have a good time, and how much shit can we smoke, and running through this one and running through that one and shit. It'd been like, nigga, give me some of that, n- oh, man, our history as blacks, man. You know what yeah. I'm saying? On, on, on the show, drop some of that real shit on the nigga. Because he had all of that from his upbringing. These was the conversations that was going on in his circles, in his household. You know, so so it was it it, it 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 was a different it was a different level and and, and later on I got to understand shit because we used to be like you know Pac could get mad and walk off the set you know all of that shit you know like Pac treated that movie like okay I want to do this shit I love to do it and that and the other but at the end of the day like nigga y'all y'all ain't just finna run me period I'm not gonna just you know cowl because Y'all got me in the movie. Cause Mm. far as I'm concerned, I got myself in this movie. And Pac used to tell us that, nigga don't ever get it fucked up. They need us more than we need them. Do you know how much money it'll fucking Mm. cost them to replace one of us right now and have to do this shit all over again? Cause we used to go to Pac like Pac, man, they gonna fuck around and get rid of you, bro. You better chill the fuck out. And I fucked with him one day. On and on, but shit, we can talk about Pac all night. I was around the nigga. You know what I'm saying? For two movies. Bullet two. But uh yeah. he walked off the set, man. You know, uh, uh uh when we juice. He had something had happened, he got mad, he left off the set. We was both staying, they had us staying first and seventh Avenue, right across from the Winter Garden Theater and shit. You know, uh so his kind of was like on the ninth floor. And mine was like the 12th, so I had to pass his floor to go to mine. So, you know, I'm an asshole. Anybody that know me personally, they know this nigga's an asshole like the play, like the bullshit. You know, Jermaine gonna come with some bullshit. So yeah. you know, when, I, when I got on the elevator, right? The first thing I seen was a number nine. And what came to my head is like, Man, I'm not finna let this motherfucker just rest in peace up in this motherfucker like everything cool, like he done did something. Nigga, I'm finna get character. So I go to his floor, I knock on his door, doom, 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 doom. I think him and Yo-Yo and Latifah and some other motherfucker, they was in there all, they was just like nothing even happened. You know what I'm mean? mm-hmm. saying? So I'm like, yo, I'm like, Pog. he's like, yo, what's up, Big Chops, because he used to really call me Big Chops. That was my name, Big Chops. Uh, I was like, yo, what's up, big Chops? What's good? Uh, I was like, yo, bro, we got a problem, man. We got a major problem. What's up? What they fucking talking about, bro? I was like, David and them, man, they done had enough, man. They said they write you out the script. Uh, uh, you were just leaving shit, da-da-da. Topak was like, nah, for real? Oh, shit, nah, man. Got on the phone, started making some calls. and then I'm like, yo, I see you, later, bro. You know what I'm saying? Hopefully, these motherfuckers will cool off. It should be better tomorrow, whatever. But they probably ain't going to say nothing to you until you get to the set. <laughs> <Right>? So,
0: <laughs> so yeah. and,
4: and my fat ass, I done forgot about this shit. Right? So, I'm on the set the next day. You know, I see Pac. I forgot about the bullshit that I made up and shit. But evidently, <laughs> They told him that, you know, he he thought that's what it was, so he must have went pleading his case. And they like, Tupac, what the fuck are you talking about? You know what I'm saying? So that motherfucker ran down on me and put his head in my chest. He wanted to hug me because he was happy it was some bullshit. But, you know, like two brothers and playing and shit, you know, he put his head in my chest and start punching the side of my stomach like it was a punching bag. <laughs> You fat motherfucker! You be bullshit, (laughs) how you? Man, we sat down, laughed at that shit, smoked a blunt, but it wasn't funny. After he told me why he walked off the set, (laughs) he had just lost one of his homeboys, and he had got the news, and they was already supposed to be wrapping him up, and wanted to go ahead and do some other shit. And they had took long to do the prior shit. Mm. They took a little longer to set up the shot. So that's why that's why he kind of bounced or whatever. So, you know, we we, we, we was able to talk about after that and shit. But I think deep down the side, man, Pac ain't never really, ain't never forgive me for that shit. Because I think he had a a whole night of torment on top of losing one of your homies. And now you think you done lost your role in a major movie, the biggest movie of your life. <laughs> so...
1: Pop must have been a real
4: shit. Yeah.
1: He must have been a real good friend to you cuz I seen you um got kind of emotional you know reminiscing about Tupac on the interview that you did. Um talk about his impact and the, you know the two movies you hung out with but his impact on your life that made you get emotional that day. Yeah,
4: you know it's 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 different. I've been on, you know, plenty of sets, you know. You you know I call them set buddies and shit. You know, it's all buddy, buddy when we're on set, and then after, you know, the movie wrap or whatever, you don't hear from these people, some of the same people that had to get a hug when they seen you or had to come and shake your hand or do whatever. After it's a wrap, like, you don't hear from these people. You don't, you know, see them, you know, or any of that. Uh, the thing with pop, we wind up doing two movies together, and I was also signed widespread records which was you know being ran by death row. You know what I'm saying? So I was I was around, you know what I mean so you know uh uh, uh knowing this man's impact that he had on not only the culture but you know society period uh yeah sometimes you know you, you get a little emotional because you know, you like, damn, man, like, everybody is knowing him from his talents. But, you know, I not, I got personal incidents with him. The set of bullets smoking up all the weed. He got mad at me about that because they called him to the set. And I was still in his trailer and shit, blowing it down and shit. You know, little shit like that that you're not going to get, you know what I'm saying, just from somebody that you're just working with on the set. You know, like, we friends. We were buddies, like... It was brothers, man. Like when we did juice, we was it. was we we had a bond because it was us. It was always us. It was the four of us, and it was the fucking rest of the crew. You know, so yeah. so yeah, man. You 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 can definitely definitely get emotional. You got people that done never met Pac a day in their life, you know, and, and, and can sit down mm-hmm. and, and think about the brother, and you know, uh, before you know it, a uh, 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 tear shed, man, because. For our people and for the culture, man, that was a major loss. And I want to apologize for all the camera moving. I'm on the phone shit. Like, I'm a old head, all of this shit. I ain't got time to be sitting there at a computer like my man Kenny at the computer, all that. Mm-hmm. I'm in my car because I'm on the movie shit. I got something called a light bill. I got to keep that. It's
2: all mind. good, man. Nah, you can go, brother. We ain't going to hold you too much longer. We definitely appreciate your time, man. I gotta.
3: Hey, look, since you shaking so much, I'm going to send you my light bill,
0: motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs>
3: <laughs> I still got some of
4: that money you gave me left. <laughs> I ain't spending it all, shit. Hey, that's one thing you learned about these goddamn movies. You can't spend them goddamn checks because you don't know when the next one's going to come.
2: Damn, that's the truth, man. We won't hold either one of you brothers too long in neither of these bills, man. I don't know if y'all can see behind us, but we got Cube. We got a lot of uh, of our fallen, but we got Cube and our man Johnny Witherspoon right behind me. I know you spent some time on the Wayne's Brother set, man, as Dupree, funny as hell. Do you have any uh, memories of John Witherspoon that you could
3: share? Hell yeah! From Detroit, from Detroit. John okay. Witherspoon.
4: That 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 was my dude, man. Like you know, on the set, John was real man. I remember John sat down. We were sitting there waiting for you know, uh, we, it was rehearsal, you know. So we were sitting in the bleachers and shit, just you know, just kick back, just you know, out the way. And he was telling me, you know, uh how his how his career got started. Don used to get drunk all the time. You know what I'm saying? He used to get drunk and act a fool. And I think he said one time they recorded him drunk, acting a fool. And he seen how he was acting and it and and it, and it drove him to stop drinking. But it gave him a character. So that character that you see him playing, you know, bang, bang, bang. Up, that's the drunk John Witherspoon. Wow. You see what I'm saying? So, and, and him seeing himself drunk is what stopped him from drinking. You know, so, you know, when he, when he told me that, I was like, wow, man. You know, it it it, it showed me that, you know, you discover your talents in so many different ways, but, you know, that man upstairs is going to make sure that you gonna, you going to know what it is, you know, one, one, one way or the other and shit. So, yeah, that was uh, that was my dude, man. John, man, we had a lot of fun on the set with John, man. Definitely had a lot of fun on the set with John. Always, always, it, it was... See, what was the good thing about with, with John, what I used to really respect with him, the nigga, you know, you... You, you're so so caught up in his character that when you talk to him, when he outside of that character and when he, he being himself, man, intelligent, brother, intelligent. You know what I'm saying? It's, it's so far from those characters. He's like, damn, but real. Mm-hmm. You know, real. You know, like, you know, talking to John was like talking to Uncle. I mean, I had the same relationship, if not better. I had a, probably a better relationship with Red Fox. You know uh, that was that was uh, another one of my mentors that I was able to work with on the Roy family. Uh, that was with me, uh, Lorenz Tate, uh, 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 Omar Gooding, Della Reese, and uh, I don't know if y'all remember Red the comedian that passed. He was on there as the bellman. Yep,
2: yep, yeah, yeah, yeah. Got his name.
4: They called name. him. Yeah, that's all we knew was red. Uh,
2: Ronaldo Ray.
4: Ronaldo, Ronaldo Ray. Ronaldo, Ronaldo. Ray. That's yeah, yeah, yeah. It. Ronaldo Ray. So, uh, you know, you know, red, he, red fox took to me on the strength that, um, uh, you know, I was seventeen, I was from Jersey, you know, Jersey the Chocolate City and shit. You know, we call it the Brixton, but they call it Chocolate City. You mm-hmm. know, uh, uh. And uh, he, he, you know, I didn't have no parents or none of that on the set like the rest of the cast. And I was a little more sure for I guess for my age and shit, 'cause I'm, you know, 17. I'm even when I ain't on the set, I'm driving, I'm on my own. I got my own spot off of Urban Turner Boulevard, you know. What I'm saying so. You know, back at home, I'm, I'm, I'm on some grown man shit. I got company and everything. Right. So you. He kinda of took to me, we had our different conversations looking at the chicks on the set and all of that, man. And uh you know, one day man, 'cause he I, I came on the show as just uh as a reoccurring uh 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 uh, uh, uh a recurring star on the show. When Ray got through with them, he had a nickname uh Boot. My character name was supposed to be Buddy. They couldn't come up with no name because I was supposed to be Lorenz Tate, which is, was his grandson, which was wow. his character's grandson. was his friend, me and, me and Omar. You know, but uh, Red told him one day, man, they, you know, when we was doing our network reading, when the, the network is there, the producer everybody there, when they watching the run through a show. After we finished my scene, Red told him, Now, I'm going to tell y'all, y'all better have Buddha back on the show. That's my buddy. (laughs) Now, my character name is Buddy. He done switched that shit all around. What the amazing thing about Red Fox is, if you're watching Red do his thing, it's almost as if he he don't know his lines or stumbling over his lines. Mm -hmm. Man, that was was. That was the charm of his, his whole fucking creation of his character because the stumbling of the lines made it even more believable because he's an older guy. And then once he stepped me down and told me that's a part of his, his character shit, that he stumbled through the lines because he's getting them together in the rehearsal as he's going to do them. Once, once again, taking lines off the paper, making them come to life. You see I'm saying, so, you know, he 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 was doing that, man. So I got to spend a lot of time with him too, man. You know, there, there was some inspirational uh cats in my life along with more freedom.
2: Thomas Reddit, man, for sure. Yes, sir. Um, one more question for both of you brothers, for for Jermaine in particular. I don't know if you've seen in Jersey, man, after this election. They done passed it the legalization of marijuana in Jersey, man. How how you feel yeah. about that? On on a on a positive note and a negative note, because of all the brothers and sisters that are sitting behind bars right now for marijuana charges, but now it's legal for uh recreational use in New Jersey.
4: Well far the charges they, charge, they charge should be dropped and they should be set free and let home. As uh, far as the legalization of it, uh I'm I, I feel good about it as long as it's just not uh, 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 beneficial just for uh uh the Caucasian society. Long as okay. black people can tap into that market able to mm-hmm. set up dispensaries and get their license and everything where it's not like they do us when it comes to the job pay. This man is making I'm making fifteen dollars but you paying this white boy eighteen dollars to do the same shit. Mm-hmm. You know what I So if 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 that don't happen, I see it being something good and I might cover my points you know, in my history and uh uh with my reputation and uh expertise in it when it comes to marijuana uh and print bring a dispensary there in, in Newark uh, or some part of New Jersey and I feel like it would do real well. I would love to do it right there in Newark with my people like that, you know, for my people, because I done smoked a lot of weed on the streets of Ma- uh, 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 Newark when it was illegal. You know, me and, me and Mahoney done had a lot of running and shit. Shout out to my homie, uh, Mahoney. He always let me go and shit, man, 'cause he knew I wasn't doing nothing but smoking weed, rolling my Cadillac, playing some cool ass music with the brains blowed out. You all know what right. I'm So uh <laughs> Yeah, so uh far as that goes, yeah, I'm 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 all good with it long as long as uh long as we benefit from it. And, and and it's not something that, you know, that's that's strictly for the suburbs because they've been talking about it and doing shit for a while. they had a spot up there on Bloomfield Avenue, you know, at one time and shit. But I, 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 they was like, yo, this is a dispensary up there. This was years ago. You know, and I'm like, huh? I went up there. They had the black doors and all that other kind of shit. But, you know, I, I can get in there or <laughs> whatever. You know, I was going to check it out. But, yeah, man, that's, you know, I'm all for it. As long as we can take advantage of it, shit. it.
3: I mean, I pretty much feel the same way. Whenever you had an opportunity for us to, number one, not get locked the fuck up, I think it's a good thing.
2: You when know, did when they, legalize they got, a ago in Michigan, legend? I'm sorry to cut you off. They legalized a minute ago in Michigan, right?
3: Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and you know, and we capitalizing on it. You know what I mean? You know, it's always gonna be tilted, you know, and that's mm-hmm. and that's the reality that, you know, we hate and you know we scream for equality, but at the end of the day, you know, by the time they done made it legal, they'd already figured out ways for them to win. Yeah, you man. know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. But yeah, yeah. if we if, if we can position ourselves to take advantage of it and and use it to elevate and like I said, not get locked the fuck up. Hey, that's a win for me.
2: Word up, hey man! We appreciate both of you brothers' time on the podcast. Yes, sir. Before we get out of here, let the people know where they can find you and give one more plug to Asbury Park.
3: All right, you can catch me on Instagram at I am Legend, um, and and again, Asbury Asbury Park coming soon. Follow it, ABP the Movie. That's the website, ABP the Movie. That's Instagram, Twitter, Instagram. Make sure you follow it.
4: I'm a old head. I can't be found. Nah, I'm bullshit.
3: <laughs>
4: nah, man. Uh, y'all could, y'all could, y'all could follow me on. Uh, I uh, Facebook is crowded. I, I I gotta delete people to get people on this. I don't even tell people to go there, but
3: uh, I ain't even know that Hopkins. shit. But... <laughs> yeah, Jermaine
4: Hopkins on IG, man. You know, I'm Jermaine Hopkins on Twitter. Jermaine Hopkins on Facebook or whatever, and uh. Like you uh, like like Ken said, man. <clears throat> Excuse me. This movie is gonna be epic. Uh, it's definitely a must see. You know what I'm saying? And y'all get out there. You know, uh, 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 uh and be safe. You know, for one, y'all, y'all be safe and, and 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 have a clear understanding of what's going on around you. Ain't none of it fake. Don't believe the fake news that's calling the news fake. Cause this shit is real as hell. Just like the election was real. You know what I mean? But, uh, yeah, that's that's where you can find me. You also can, uh, I got a movie out now called uh, Equal Standards. You can find that movie at equalstandardmovie.com, you know, and you can view it right from home or whatever, and uh, that's about it, man. You can find me uh out here, you know what I mean? You know, might be in one of your dispensaries somewhere, you know. <laughs> I, mean, <laughs> I love it. Hey,
2: man, we uh, appreciate the both. Brothers, man, hey, when, if y'all back in Jersey, Find yourself in the South Jersey area, we own our own studio out here in South Jersey. Man, we'll be blessed to have y'all in here. You know what I mean? We'll go ahead and, and spark up a few in South
4: you. Jersey, y'all in
2: right outside of Atlantic City, a a Carver Township. A of- yep, right around in there, a Carver Township. Oh, okay, we like
1: a mile so from. Y'all know, y'all, y'all know my
4: man, it, Don, and y'all must know, y'all gotta know Don. Don who? Diesel Don, Diesel Don, and the Governor.
1: Okay, okay, sounds familiar. I gotta, yeah. Probably got to put a face to it. Then yeah. You know what I'm saying, but definitely. Just, just put it on your smartphone. Everything will come up to you. Be like, oh, okay, you know
4: Rich. Diesel Don is the one of a red man and uh, all of them from Newark and shit. But okay, yeah, it's all good. Hey, yeah, y'all fellas, be easy, man. I appreciate y'all, man. For nah,
2: sure, nah. we appreciate you, brothers, man. Salute. Jermaine Hopkins, you legend you in the field of Salute, peace. Brick City. Yes, sir.